Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Good morning or good afternoon. And uh, again, I want to encourage you uh, concerning what Lindsay was sharing about the um, street outreach. It's actually street outreach. It won't be not so much open there because if it's open there, we have to get permission. But if we just go out and uh, do street evangelism, talk to people who happen to sing along the way, then we don't need any permission for that. So it's street outreach that we'll be doing there. So I want to encourage you to come. And uh, I believe that it will be a blessing. Amen. All right. Well, we are going to look at, um, it's Mother's Day, isn't it? So again, happy Mother's Day. So we're going to, I'm going to begin a new series on healing. Um, and I'm going to start by focusing on um, a mother's faith for healing. Uh, the title of this, this message is uh, Lessons from a Mother's Faith. And we're specifically looking at healing. So this begins a healing series that I've been impressed to do for quite a while as we've been praying as a church. Um, as a lot of you know, this year our focus is on leadership evangelism and the power of God. And initially I wanted to start teaching on leadership from today. But as I've been praying throughout the weeks, um, last month and um, also this month, I have felt very strongly that I should teach on healing for a season and uh, really give us a good understanding because of what God is doing in our church, because of what um, the Holy Spirit is going to be doing, it's important we have a biblical understanding of healing and how we as believers can minister healing to others. So we're going to learn how to pray for people to be healed. We're going to learn why people get sick, why people are not healed. We're going to learn all these kind of things. But today, we're going to just talk about healing from the context of our faith, and uh, we're going to look at it under the title, Lessons from a Mother's Faith. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30. Because it's Mother's Day, I have decided to focus on mothers and uh, use it to really speak to us. Again, this is what I feel the Holy Spirit is impressing on my heart to do. I want to encourage you as we begin this series not to be intimidated about healing. All of us at some point, if you are, if you are somebody who prays and seeks to let God use you, you would have prayed for people who were not healed. Has that ever happened to you before? I remember one, one mighty evangelist, when he began to move in healing anointings, the first three people he prayed for with AIDS, they all died. So afterwards, he was very, very nervous. But, but the Lord kept pressing him to keep believing. And uh, he began to see people getting healed afterwards. Now, I don't know why it happens like that. I really don't. Um, but I just want to say from the onset, don't be intimidated. But as you learn from the Word of God, the Word of God will empower you in how to approach every situation. So let's look at this. Lessons from a mother's faith. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30. From there, he, talking about our Lord Jesus, went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered the house and wanted no one to know it. But he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. And she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, 
a Syrophoenician by birth. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the little children, sorry, let the children, I beg you, beg your pardon, be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the, the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. We also see this narrative in Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. And we're going to come back to this. But I want to use the next 10 minutes or so just to speak to us about faith. And just remind us some basic truths about faith and what the Bible teaches about faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 and 6 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. First thing about faith is that it is basically the capacity to believe. The capacity to believe. Now, I'm not trying to plug it, but in my book, The Principles of Faith, we differentiate the different kinds of believing capacities that we have. Natural faith, religious faith, demonic faith, and Bible faith. Natural faith being the believing capacity or the ability to believe based on information received through our senses. Religious faith is the belief that something is holy or something is approved of by God or sacrosanct because of what people have told us. Whether it's in the Bible or not, doesn't matter. Whether it is approved of God or not, it doesn't matter. Religious faith causes you to believe something to be approved of by God, which results in the word of God having no effect in a person's life. So if God's word says something about healing, and I have religious faith, what I believe will cause that word to have no effect. If God's word says something about the Holy Spirit's outpouring, and I have religious faith, because of what I believe, it will cause that word to have no effect. I remember many years ago, in the early days, after I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of my dear friends was also believing for the Holy Spirit. And I remember saying to my friend, look, just let go, just believe. And for months, my friend found it difficult to just let go and believe. And somehow, somehow, one day, they believed and they experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, you have demonic faith, which is the ability to believe something that gives demons the legal right to operate in your life. Demonic activity is real. Supernatural activity that has demons behind it is real. But they operate by 
a law. Romans chapter 3, 27 tells us that faith is a law. Faith is a law. In other words, there, is, there are regulations, there are parameters to faith. And if you observe them, you will experience the outcomes thereof. And then you have Bible faith, which we, we're dwelling on, which is believing something that the word of God says. Believing God's word. Now, even with Bible faith, it's important that we differentiate between what we believe. Because there is believing God's word that is written or that is for general application. In the Greek, it is called logos. This is where you read something in the Bible, where you learn something about the scriptures or the biblical principles, and then you believe it. And by believing it, it informs your understanding. So in Hebrews 11, it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So faith in the Logos enhances our understanding of God's word and God's ways. But if you took that, and this is what many people do, they'll read something in the Bible, and they will say, because Moses did this, or because Abraham did that, I'm going to do this also. And try and act it out based on what they've read, and they find that it doesn't work. Because it is to inform your understanding. But you cannot presume that because you've read it, if you just act on it based on what you've read, you're going to get the results. The Bible teaches us that not only is there the logos or the word of God for general application, there's also the rhema, which is when God says a specific word to us in a specific context. And when you believe the rhema, then the power that's in that word is released because of our belief. And the word of God expresses itself in our context. And so we see the supernatural hand of God. So Bible faith is believing what God says, whether it's through the written word or through his direct specific word spoken to us. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, the scripture says, for indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard, say heard. Very important. The word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So you can hear Jesus teach you, and it will have no power if you choose not to believe it. If you choose not to believe it. Our Lord himself can preach. So this is in reference to the old covenant. Where in the old covenant, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom was being preached. Pointing to the future, to the cross. But when they heard it, they did not, it did not benefit them because they didn't believe it. They chose not to believe it. Say, faith is a choice. Faith is a choice. We choose to believe. And we choose not to believe. So, the thing that we have to understand is that faith believes and then speaks. So, anytime God tells us something or we see something from God, 
when we believe it, we have to also declare it for it to be complete. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith like they did of old, according to that, or according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So whenever God tells us something, whenever we hear God say something, not only must we choose to believe it, but we must also choose to declare it for our faith to be complete. Now this is how we get born again. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 12. But what does it say, the scripture says? The word is near you. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So the word is near you. In fact, previous verse, he's referring to something in the, in the Old Testament where he says, no one should say who shall ascend. That is to, um, to who shall ascend to heaven to come down and bring us the truth because we don't know the truth. So who's going to go to heaven and tell us um, and reveal to us the truth? Or who shall descend? In other words, who's going to come back from the dead and tell us the realities about God and the afterlife? No. But the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And that really is a rebuke to those people who say, I need physical proof. I need to see something before I can believe. And that's why he says, don't say, if you read the previous verses, don't say who shall ascend into heaven. That's to bring Christ down. Or who shall descend. That is to deny the resurrection because Christ already has ascended and he descended first. But the word is near you. The word, in other words, the proof we need for the reality of God and his power is the word. It's near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. What's that word? The word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead or God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is certain. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, are assured, convinced in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why? Verse 10. For with the heart... One believes unto righteousness. In other words, from our heart, we choose to be persuaded. And it results in being approved by God. So whenever we choose to be persuaded about God's word, we are approved. That's what righteousness is. We are approved by God in that context. That's how you got saved. But that's how everything else that God tells you belongs to you is received. You choose to believe in your heart. You see, don't think of righteousness simply as your sins are forgiven. It includes that, but it's more than that. Righteousness speaks of that which is approved of God. So with the heart, we believe unto righteousness. So whenever you choose to believe something God says, you become approved of God in that context. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, we declare things so that we can be whole. That word salvation speaks of completion and wholeness. So what he's saying is, whenever we believe God's word in our heart and we declare it, not only are we approved by God, we are restored to the place that God has for us. 
For, who, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord overall is rich to all who call upon him. In other words, God has no partial, it's not partial. Faith is not partial. You can't say it's because it's Joseph, that's why it works. No. The same God is rich to everybody. God is not partial. So when we're talking about healing, which we're going to be dwelling on, you have to understand God doesn't deal, from, deal with us from a place of partiality. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wonderful scripture. Now, faith enables us to receive the things of God's kingdom. Listen, God loves you unconditionally. God has provided all things for his children. But the currency of God's kingdom is faith. The currency of God's kingdom is faith. When you read Hebrews 11, you see all the amazing works that people did. But you see, it's all by faith. By faith, this one did this. By faith, this one did that. By faith, this one did this. By faith, this one did that. Beloved, everything in God's kingdom whether it's receiving his love, whether it's experiencing his anointing, whether it's going out to preach the gospel, if you want God to give it to you, you have to exercise your ability to believe. Faith is a choice. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, in this kingdom, Everything has to do with our decision to be persuaded that it's true. The decision to be persuaded that it's true. There is no way around it. You have to decide. I, I, I can remember many times in my journey where there were specific things I had to decide whether I would believe it or not before I saw the reality. You see, because I was one of these who said, until I see something, I can't believe. How many of you have said that before? How many of you said that? Deep down in your heart, until I see, I can't believe. And I saw nothing. I saw nothing. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing I think God allowed me to have was a, a knowing that there was a hell. But even that, I could have chosen to reject it. I could have chosen to reject it. Because I remember, I remember, I'll never forget this. Around the age of nine, when I was walking the streets of the village in Kibi in Ghana, when as a young boy, after we, we'd been repatriated back to Ghana, me and my brother, <laughs> walking the streets, and this thing comes on me, and I, and I said to God, I remember looking up into the sky and saying, not yet. And I knew he was calling me. I mean, I don't even know how this works. I knew he wanted me to surrender my life to him. And I said out loud, not yet. Around the age of nine, nobody knew about this. Me and him knew. I also remember there was a time, at that, around that time, when I had this urge to look up to the stars and worship the sky. It was a strong urge because there's idolatry in my history and witchcraft in my history, you see. So that thing, that spirit, I remember feeling like I wanted to lift up my hands to the hosts of heaven and worship the sun and the moon and the stars. And I resisted it. I said, nah, that, I, I remember thinking, nah, that, that's a bit, that's going. It's the same as, 
I'm going to say, I'm sorry if you get offended, it's Mother's Day or not. It's the same as having sex. I remember there were times as a, as a young guy, there was opportunities that seemed like they could come. And in me, there was something that said, if you cross this line, something's going to happen to you. And I didn't cross it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, I was blessed, but until I got saved and I regretted not crossing it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, so let's just get real. Hallelujah. <clears throat> let's quickly hurry up. We, we have to talk about this woman, this mother. So, the context of what and how we believe determines the outcome of our faith. The context of what and how you choose to believe determines the outcome. So, if you see something in the Bible, so for instance, imagine my surprise when I read in the Bible, Mark 16, 17. These signs are followed those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons, which was cool. They'll speak with new tongues, which shocked me. Because when I had my encounter to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the point that he pressed on my spirit was, do you believe? Now, I hadn't read this scripture before then. So you could say, power of suggestion. I hadn't read it. I didn't know it was there. And three times the Spirit asked me, do you believe? And on the third, I believe, I uttered gibberish. Something seemed to leave me. Something seemed to enter. I felt woozy. And I thought, whoa, you're going mad. But it was based on, do you believe? And so when I read, these signs shall follow those who believe, I was like, Wow. Later on, I understood I had a real experience. It's the same with baptism. I will never forget. Now, I'm sharing these things because I want to stir your faith in a certain direction. You see, I have had privilege where I've had experiences and then discovered them in the scriptures. I remember after I gave my heart to Jesus, which I regretted doing, after I gave my heart to Jesus, um, now this love of God, malarkey, didn't really, it's like, this is just mad. I can't, you can't have sex, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's really rubbish. What a rubbish life. Rubbish music, rubbish environment. You miss out Sundays, it's all the best films are on Sunday morning. The best things happen Friday night. I have to go to some church called Youth, which is all adults. It was just rubbish. For what have I consigned my life to? Well, then I would have these dreams and I would see Jesus in the water and telling me, come, come. And I'll, and I'll be looking at him and he'll be saying, come. And I'll just look and think, oh, nice. And I'll wake up and think, oh, I had a dream. I saw Jesus, there were angels flying about. I had it three times. Didn't know what it meant. Then someone showed me in the Bible, same Bible, the same Bible. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. I thought, what? And he that does not believe will be damned. I thought, what? You mean I have to be baptized? I was 18 at that point. My life is over. My life is over. I was hoping to get baptized at the age of 30. At least I would have done some sinning, done a lot of things. Then I'll get baptized, wash them all away, and then I'll begin at the age of 30. My life is over. But after I got baptized, so it was a Friday night I heard this. I'm not one of, I wasn't one of these where I need to go through baptism classes. Forget that. I just read this. He that believes and is baptized, just like, oh. Uh, and I was, it was like, oh, great. And I read it, what? No, 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 hold, wait, wait. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. Saved, that's the one I want, fire insurance. <laughs> and he that does not believe will be damned. And I said, like, well, it doesn't really say he that does not believe and is baptized will be, is not baptized. But I was like, 
I thought, okay then, Friday night, you know. And they showed it, shoved it to me Friday night, then said, oh, there's baptism on Sunday, Sunday after, on Sunday evening. I was like, no, you don't even give me a chance to breathe. So I got baptized. But it was when I got baptized, I later on discovered, as I walked through the waters of baptism, that Jesus was telling me, this is the next step. You need to pass through the waters of baptism. What I'm trying to show you is the power of the word of God. The word of God doesn't need anyone's validation. No, 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 no. But you do well when you believe it. See, I have learned that professors who write commentaries are human beings. They are not the Holy Ghost. So at times I read someone's commentary. I remember when it came to this Holy Spirit thing, because we're getting somewhere with all this. I remember my friend who was a vicar told me, it's not for today. Don't mind these people. It's not for today. So I was like, great, excellent. It's not for today. I was happy. But I was just getting this niggly thing. And then I read, these signs shall follow those who believe. Beloved, the word of God is powerful. So the context and object of our believing determines what kind of faith we are exercising. If I choose to believe the word of God, then I'm exercising Bible faith. If I choose to believe something God says to me specifically about the context, then I'm exercising faith in the rhema. If I choose to believe some professor's written observations, then I'm exercising faith in the professor, which is fine if they are anointed, but if they're not, you're in trouble. And when we fail to understand faith, we end up being restricted by the constraints of time and the natural. You see, our faith increases as we keep hearing faith. This is how your faith increases. The more you hear faith, the more it increases. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, faith comes by hearing, literally hearing in your ear. And hearing, that word hearing is understanding, comes through the hearing as you keep hearing the word of God. The ability to hear understand what you're hearing comes from the word of God itself. So we must be careful what we hear. Our Lord says in Mark chapter 4 24, then he said to them take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it will be measured to you and to you who hear more will be given. So the more you hear about healing the more you understand the anointing for healing. The more you hear about evangelism, the more you understand the anointing and the ability to move in evangelism. For instance, when we did the school of evangelism, how many of you were there? How many of you were there? Can I see? Do you remember before we did it, how you felt, and after we did it, how you felt? What a difference. I mean, I myself, who was teaching, I was surprised. Yeah, because I was surprised because afterwards, the, the fear that I had, yeah, I had, went, and it's gone. Because I, there was one thing I knew in my spirit, that God would release a mantle, an anointing, through what we had. Don't worry, a, the school is coming again, don't worry. You, you'll be able to, to, to be blessed by that. So, what you hear is important, because he says, to you who hear, more will be given. So, and by the way, it works the same in the negative. If you keep hearing stuff that is not good for you, more will be given. Yeah. 
If you keep hearing things that are not good for you, more will be given. It's, 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 it's a law of faith. And then not only must we be careful what we hear, he says we must be careful how we hear. See, right now, some of us are hearing with an open spirit, but some of us are hearing with filters. What's he trying to say? Where's he going with this? What's he, trying to, what's he after? Luke 8, 18. I'll tell you what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, believe God for healing and move in the power of God for supernatural healing. Luke 8, 18. Therefore, take heed how you hear. The spirit, the attitude you used to hear. For whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. So you find in the scriptures that we receive the baptism and continuous supply of the Holy Spirit through the hearing of faith. So if we want to see more of the Holy Spirit in this church, more of the um, anointing of the Spirit. Let me tell you this, people. It is not through the music. <laughs> if it was through the music, every time he'll song and those guys flow, people will leave there drunk in the Holy Ghost because they've got the best music going. But look at what he says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2. Galatians 3, verse 2. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith. Did you receive the spirit by the words of the Lord? Or by the hearing of faith? In other words, the reason why you received the spirit's baptism was by what you were hearing. I'll never forget, I come from a classical Pentecostal background. And in my background, there wasn't a lot of room for the gifts of the spirit. And so I had to... Listen to other guys' teachings. And I, as I began to listen to different teachings, teachings like from men like Oral Roberts, who, are, who have scandals attached to them. But as I listened to Oral Roberts and as I listened to um, other um, charismatic teachers, I got an understanding of the gifts of the Spirit. And not only that, I began to see it activate in my life. Signs and wonders comes as we hear faith. Galatians 3 verse 5. Look at this. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? God supplies the Spirit. God works miracles among his people as they keep hearing faith. Faith for miracles. So if I want to see healings in my church, if I want to see healings in my life, if I want to see deliverance and healings in the lives of loved ones, then I need to begin to feed my spirit with the words of healings, the words on miracles, words of faith, and galvanize my spirit and arm my spirit in such a way that I choose to believe what God says about these things so that God can do the supernatural through me. Faith reflects God's reality. In other words, what is or how things are as far as he's concerned. 
Time and this natural order reflects our reality, what we have experienced through our senses. Beloved, some of our experiences are terrible. We get negative things. Our children are going through difficult things. It hurts us. We find disappointment. They, they're horrible. They're not nice. To act like they don't exist is foolishness. You know, some people think faith means we deny how things are. No, your leg is broken. Saying by faith it's not broken is stupidity. The thing is broken. Now, we need to believe for supernatural healing. You can't live in denial and call it faith. That's not faith. That's foolishness. Faith does not deny things as they are. It replaces things that are with how God wants them to be. That's what it does. It replaces it. Yes, the leg is broken, but I am believing for supernatural healing. Not, it is not broken. It is not. It is not broken. That is nonsense. It's like those people who claim, by faith, I've got a million in the bank. So they went to the bank and said, listen, I'm drawing out 500,000 by faith. It's there. Well, yeah, that's exactly what happened. They just laughed. The man threw him out of the bank. You know, Christians have done foolishness like that in the name of faith. By faith, we impose the supernatural of God's kingdom into any sphere of this natural arena. Now, what I want you to see with this woman and this mother is that she was able to overtake time and bring the future into her now because of her faith. So let's look at it from verse 24. Look at it from verse 24 of Mark 7. Right? And we're going to bring this to a conclusion. First thing is this. Jesus wanted to be hidden from everybody. He entered the house, didn't want anyone to know where he was, but he could not be hidden. You see, let me tell you this. The Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. There are things that God will deliberately hide from us that requires our faith to begin to pursue it. All of us, there are certain things that it seems as if God has hidden himself from us. But one thing you must never do is judge the integrity of God because of your experience. Because of this experience, it means God does not love me. God is not there for me. God does not care for me. No. God loves you. God cares for you. Just because you don't feel it and you don't see it doesn't change that reality. For whatever reason, in, in the natural, probably because the Lord was tired. He hid himself. He wanted to be hidden. So when we find that God is hidden from us, it is an opportunity to begin to pursue. Where are you, God? Lord, I'm longing for you. I, I mean, many times in my journey, many times, it has felt like he wasn't there. It has felt like he doesn't even exist anymore. Have you ever felt like God doesn't exist anymore? You'll be surprised how many Christians in this room right now, everybody has felt like they, God doesn't exist. It's normal. I remember one day feeling like God was a mean God. I actually was really feeling like, how can you be so cruel with this? And it was one of those times when he had to challenge me and say, on this one, you're going to have to trust me. I'm not telling you the answer. Because my wisdom said, 
God is mean. Second thing is this. This mother saw Jesus because of the need of her child. Verse 25. A woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and she came and fell at his feet. You see, let me tell you something. Sometimes we might be going through something and we're okay with it. But when we see our loved ones going through something, it's too much for us. Beloved, I want to tell you, I don't know what you're going through. I really don't. But I want to tell you, if you are troubled by what you're going through, and maybe you've already sought God, and it feels like he has not answered, don't give up. I said don't give up. This woman sought Jesus because of the need of a child. You might have a loved one. You might have something going on in your life. And you need someone to seek God on your behalf. Or you need to seek God on your own behalf. Or someone needs to seek God for you. Or you need to seek God for somebody's behalf. I tell you, there is opportunity for that. Third point, this woman was persistent in her request for her daughter's healing. Say persistent. Look at verse 26. The, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. You see, in other words, she had asked once, twice, three times, and he just was ignoring her. In fact, you will discover in Matthew's rendering, verse 22, Matthew 15, 22, she went and she, it went like this, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region, from that region, and cried out to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Have mercy on me. She was crying out, and the Lord just kept ignoring has it felt like that for you? You keep crying out to God and it seems as if he's not hearing you. You cry out to God and it seems as if he's not hearing you. There was one specific request for over 10 years. We cried out to God. Same thing. Almost the same way every time. But when he answered, it came speedily. Say speedily. For Jesus... Now, I want you to see this. Refused to minister to her because of her nationality. In other words, she was unqualified. Now, if it's today's liberal left or conservative right, that's it. He's a false prophet. He's racist. Look at this man. Look at this Jewish man. Look at what he's calling this woman. He said, let the children be filled first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it, not even give it, throw it to the little dogs. How would you have taken that? You come to church and then as you come to church, Pastor Joseph Kofibwadi is preaching. And as you came for prayer, he looked at you and said, you are not ready, and walked off. <laughs> Who does that man think he is? Yeah. I'm not Jesus, so if I do it, you know, I better be in the spirit, otherwise I'll be in trouble. But the Lord can do whatever he likes. Jesus not only told her she was not qualified, he also insulted her. See, sometimes God's response to us is an offense. It's an offense. It's not the response we want. 
It's not the response we think we should receive from God. We get offended. He said, he that believes in him will not be offended. But God makes Jesus an offense. And the way of the cross is an offense. <laughs> in fact, he that believes in him will not make haste, will not rush, will not be bewildered. I want you to see this. The Lord insulted this woman. Now, one of the things is this woman was approaching him the wrong way. She was calling him son of David as if she was an Israelite. She was addressing him in the wrong manner. She was not qualified to call him son of David. Who are you? You don't even understand the thing. And let me tell you this. At times we approach God like, you know, God, you know, you, you and me, we're best friends. But that's not the way that thing, that thing doesn't need a best friend conversation. That thing needs travail. That thing needs intercession. That thing needs warring. That need, thing needs groaning. That thing needs rolling. That thing needs tearing of your clothes. That thing needs fasting. It's not a best friend cup of tea kind of prayer. I like them ones. I like the best friend cup of tea prayers where we talk to God. You know how I'm feeling about this thing, God. You know, and you know, you know, that's, that's nice. But there are certain things. It's not a best friend conversation. It's like, Jacob, you wrestle with God all night. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. This thing has to change. This thing, you can't do. It's not a best friend conversation. No, 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 no. See, at times we, we think that the prayer is one dimensional. One way. The English Ghanaian way. God, as you know, I am coming to pray. Listen, sometimes you, 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 you just, I remember one day I was so frustrated because I kept having the same problem. And I was wearing this, that time I was a bit slimmer, a lot slimmer, a lot slimmer. And I was wearing this thing and I was praying. And then I went, enough! And tore it. <laughs> but my life changed from that day. I remember it. And I moved out of the flat that I was having problems in at the same time. He knows what we're talking about. Fifth point, it's a code to me and my brother. The flat we were sharing, there were some problems there. I moved out, I, I tore the thing. <laughs> there were some problems in that flat. I used to have cell in that flat. People walk in that flat and there were images that were unsanctified. And then I mentioned it to my brother, he nearly beat me up. He's like, what the hell? But, but today is in the kingdom. Amen. Fifth point, we're nearly closed. The woman, you should say the woman, the woman humbled herself before Jesus and persisted for her breakthrough. Listen, God may seem silent. God may seem offensive. God may seem to have dissed you. Everybody else seems to be blessed. How many of you, at times, you feel like everybody else is getting the blessing? Everybody else is, you know, their marriage is sorted out. They've gone married. Everybody else is going to breakthrough. Everybody else is speaking in tongues. Everybody else is this. Everybody, let me tell you, forget about everybody else. Let me, you have no idea what everybody else is going through. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't look at everybody else. I'm telling you, listen. Sometimes I wish, like you've heard me say, we could all just see what everybody went through. Then we'll all be cool. Say, hey, this is yours. Hey! Well, I'm all right then. Sometimes married couples are going through things. They think, well, how marriage must be the worst. When they sit in front of me and they talk, and I'm looking at them and I'm smiling. I'm thinking, listen, if all my church members had your problem, I'll be okay. <laughs> you have no idea. People are going through things. Say to your neighbor, people are going through things. So she humbled herself and persisted. She said, yes, Lord. 
even the little dogs under the table. Eat from the children's crumbs. Listen, you have to find a way to answer God. At times you're going through things, you have to find a way to answer God. One day, the Spirit of God was speaking to me about my wife, and he was telling me about my wife and about that. I'll tell you, he, want, he, he, he was telling me that he could take my wife from me. First, I was weeping. I was crying. I was bawling because at that time, I was also going through something. And then he hits me with this, bam! You know, Joe, I really like your wife. I want to take... And I was crying, crying. Then when I said, listen, I, I had enough. I said, listen, if you take her, let's be clear. There's no more overseas traveling for me. I'm not doing it because I'm going to bring up these children because your same word says I have to bring up my children. If you take her, I am not going to be doing all this counseling and pastoring that way I'm doing it. I will just do small pastoring. That's it. So you, if you take her, here's the deal. She has to grow old and see her grandchildren. Then if you want her, you can, even then, we, we have to wait. Then we have to wait. No, you have to get violent. No, well, I see by revelation. And at the same time, she also was picking it up. Now, she didn't know what I picked up. She was picking it up. And I was not happy. I didn't tell her. She picked it up. And so she was saying, you know, jump. And I, and I said, what? <laughs> let's not talk about it. I told her, let's not talk about that. So I went into the room. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. For days, wept. Then when I said, enough. You're not having my wife. If you're going to have her, then it means this, and that's it. And I'm not marrying again. I'm not interested in anyone. I'm not interested. I don't care. I'm not doing it. Come <laughs> No, 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 no. I told him. I said no. And then one day she said, "You know what? That thing is gone." I said, "Yes, it's gone. Yes, it's gone." <laughs> I'm telling you a true story. You mustn't allow things to happen because they should happen. You have to find the mind of God. Because I said, ah, but that's not what you, you know, when we, before we got married, you spoke to me, you showed me, no, no, middle of the thing, and no, 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 it's not happening. Hey, are you still here? Listen, this woman told him, even the little dogs eat from the crumbs. What would you have said? Keep your healing. Keep your healing. Nonsense, keep it. That's what we would have said. But she was thinking of her daughter. Sometimes you have to have the big picture in mind. Bottom line, say big picture. I need a miracle. I need healing. I need deliverance. I'm nearly done. Six, Jesus responded to her faith. He said, for this saying, for this saying, go your way. You don't qualify, but for this saying, go your way. Say to God, I will have a saying. Tell him, Lord, I will have a saying. Listen, there is something that you can say to God. I don't know all the technicalities of it. I don't know how it's like that. All I know is what I read in the scriptures. There is something about the ways of the spirit. Paul the apostle said this. Many times we wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered us. How can Satan hinder the great apostle? There are things in the realms of the spirit. He said, he said one day, we, you know, a great and effective door has opened to us, but there are many adversaries. He said, even after the manner of men, I fought with beasts in Ephesus. Listen, at times there are things that the enemy will try to do to stop what God wants for your life. We'll bring things. You're minding your own business and then that old boyfriend appears like Houdini. <laughs> Looking more gorgeous than ever. 
See, and when they look into your eyes, your knees are melting. Don't say, God, you've given me an answer to prayer. Rebook the thing. And finally, the woman received her breakthrough. You will receive your breakthrough as you persist in faith. You will receive your healing. This woman's daughter received healing. The Lord is taking us on a journey as a church. And we've been praying every day. Never happened before. For four weeks. Three, three, is it three weeks or four weeks? Four weeks. Every day. In the morning. And the other day, as we, uh, I had a dream. And in my dream, I was saying to Fola, where's Fola? I was saying to Fola, so there's 1,093 people now on our database instead of the 290. It's grown to that. And I said, oh, wow. So we've hit that goal then. Okay. But you see, it's the Spirit saying to me, keep pressing on. But you see, let me tell you this. This is what I see. As we keep praying as a church, five of us, 10 of us, 20 of us, 50, but we represent the church. As we keep praying, when you dial in, you hear people speaking in tongues. So if you have a problem with that, get ready. You will hear it. You hear people praying. You hear, you hear people snoring. People snore. When they dial in, they snore. But it's all part of the praying. They're praying. Yeah. We hear it. And sometimes you can see their name. Boba. No, 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 really. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. It's not true. It's not true. No. no. It's not true. It's not true. You can see the name. Hey! So I've, I'm careful. When I feel like sleeping, I put it on mute. Time's up, I know. But we keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep. And what you're going to see is, as we keep doing it, you're going to see trickles, 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 trickles. And then you're going to see headaches are healed. Then little blisters have disappeared. Then you're going to see here, a tumor has disappeared. Somebody has been healed. Then you're going to hear, my child is healed. Then we're going to hear, this person came from the hospital and we're healed. Then you're going to begin to see an acceleration. Listen to me. This is happening now. One of the things that blessed me, I'm sorry to say this, it blessed me so much. The first one was led by Lorraine. The first prayer, I'm sorry. Yeah, the first one, she led it with me. First one, I mean, that is awesome. Come on, give Lorraine a hand. And you know what? She didn't even ask me, what shall I do? She acted like a pro. As nervous as she was, she acted like a pro. It was awesome. And then, the other day, Cherise led in the prayer. It's like, oh, wow. And this morning, it was Loretta. These are people who you wouldn't normally choose. No disrespect intended. And as they're praying, the Holy Spirit is happy. Of course, you have the veterans. You've got the Enochs who, when they begin to pray, zoom, straight into the room. And then you've got me with my rambling. But the point is, we're praying. Now, the next phase is the evening. 
So we're going to do a simple altar call now. And the altar call is like this. We're doing the morning shift, which is from 5 to 6. Now we're going to do the evening shift, which is from 9 to 10. So those of you who can't do the mornings, and many of you can't do the mornings. How many of you can't do mornings? Be honest. Let's be honest. Hey, how many of you can't do mornings? All right, how many of you can do mornings but don't want the mornings? <laughs> Listen, when the Lord told me that we have to do this thing, I was like, five? Could we not make it six to seven? It's like, no, it's five. Could we not make it five to seven? Then half an hour I could slot in. No, it's five to six. But now, he says, morning, noon, and night will I seek you. We're doing evening. And we're going to be praying. So if you want to join us, go on the internet, on the website, and just dial in from the first of, no, the first Monday in April. So I want us to pray at this point. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Gone over time. No worries. Forgive me. First and foremost, I want to pray for you if you are here and you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, you have not done it, I want to pray for you. If that's you, raise your hand where you are so that I can see who you are. God bless you. I see one person. God bless you. I see another person. Wonderful. We prayed for this. If there's anyone else, keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. Wonderful. Now, those of you who raised your hands, after the service, I want you to come with your parents and come and see me. And I'm going to talk with you. And I'm going to help you. All right? Wonderful. The next area I want us to pray into, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want us to just rededicate ourselves to praying because we're believing for healing. I'm going to be teaching in healing throughout the month of April. And uh, I want to equip us in this. And if we, have, if we don't do it properly, we'll continue in May till we begin our, our emphasis on the Alpha course. So I want to encourage you, those of you that want to join us in praying, we want to cover every day in the morning and in the evening. So we're going to do the evenings first. So those of you who want to help us in pray, praying for the church, and one hour prayer is praying for the church in Greenwich and the various things that affects us from 9 till 10. Um, I'm going to begin from Monday with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you want to join us on a Monday evening, could you raise your hand, please? God bless you. Tuesday, God bless you. Wednesday, God bless you. Thursday, God bless you. Friday, God bless you. Saturday, God bless you. Sunday, God bless you. Thank you so much. I want to encourage you and the rest of you who didn't raise your hands, um, who are doing the mornings at the moment or not um, doing any at the moment, I want to encourage you to join us, prayerfully join us. Amen. And I want to pray with you quickly in the area of your faith. Many of us, our faith has failed. Our faith has been weak. The enemy has attacked our faith. If you are saying to me, Joseph, I want to be strengthened in this area. I want grace in this area. Why don't you stand right now and I'm going to pray with you before I hand over to um, Lindsay. As you stand, lift your hands to the Lord. Father, thank you for these precious ones that are standing right now. Lord, I speak life and I speak strength. And I pray, oh God, that you will bless these men and women as they stand before you. I ask that their faith will not fail. Lord, I pray they will feed their spirit with the word of faith so that 
their lives will be transformed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you. You may take a seat. Thank you.